You're listening to Back Into the Fire, old school wrestling fans shooting on the best wrestling organization in the world, the National Wrestling Alliance. On this episode, Billy Corgan promises to take us to Carneyland, weird merchandise, ineffective pile drivers, and Tasha Steeles rides off into the sunset. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Back Into the Fire, the Internet's third best podcast about Carney-related, what do you want to call it? Carney-related propaganda i have no idea guys I, is, I don't know i have no really, idea uh, this is really weird territory we're getting into but hey at least we had a new uh nwa superpower episode it may be the last nwa episode we'll see in a long time hopefully not but um we're here to try to uh, go over some of the action we saw and figure out what the hell's gonna happen in the future well, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, watching this last episode, they called it Superpower. It was an hour and a half long show, action packed. It was about an hour of new content, which was yeah. incredible. Uh, I couldn't help but feel like this may have been the last thing that we were going to see <laughs> from the NWA in quite some time, if not no. a long, long, long time. I know. So. It's, it's kind of depressing, actually. It actually was a little depressing. I mean, you were watching this, and I'm thinking, you know, this was so good, and we were working our way up to what would have been a really great pay-per-view for those, these guys, the Crockett Cup, mm-hmm. and now all of this stuff is just gone. Completely gone. Completely gone, yeah. Yeah, all the buildup. Um, but, um, I, I, you know, the, the, the fact that they held on to this for, for as long as they did, I guess they figured, you know, save it for a good spot and i guess with the launch of this new project i guess that billy corgan's gonna try to um roll out on us um as good a time as any to to empty the tank so to speak of the nwa Uh, that's a good analogy um yeah this show was originally scheduled to air on march 17th so yeah. we were almost two solid months late in, in seeing Superpower. And I don't know that it would have made any difference either way, whether we had seen it March 17th or not. However, in, in between uh, now and March 17th, we saw a whole bunch of uh, of interesting sort of NWA content, including mm-hmm. uh, that Nick Aldis versus Colt Cabana match in Japan. Or it was China. I'm sorry. It was China. That's uh, right. And we saw some NWA 70. We saw last year's Crockett Cup. We saw some old stuff from, where was that? Texas, I believe, maybe, with Andre the Giant. Some really old NWA stuff. Uh, yeah. So they had a lot of filler. But but now we're literally at the end of it. And, and this is all that uh, all that they had. I mean, this was stuff that they shot in, in the final weekend of January of this year. Mm-hmm. So this is old stuff. And uh, now we're in some very uncharted waters. And um, yeah, January. So really, about three and a, uh, as of recording today, about three and a half months ago, this stuff was recorded. Um, and uh, since then, uh, I guess in terms of NWA uh, talent, um, they're just kind of sitting on their hands right now, um, waiting to see what happens. Like like we are. Um, yeah. 
I, I find it interesting. Um, some of these wrestlers are obviously doing stuff online to try to try to get money. I've noticed some of them are um, sure uh, selling time on Skype and saying you can you can Skype with them. Um, Man, I tell you what, that that just feels so incredibly desperate, though, it, doesn't it? It does, but um, I, I've heard that you know some wrestlers can get unemployment. I guess if, if they can, you know, prove to the government, so to speak, um, that they um, you know are missing this this paycheck, this this income. Um, and some wrestlers seem to be moving on to different organizations. I just saw that. Um, Tasha Steeles, who actually I think won her first match, uh, it looks like she's on with with Impact Wrestling now. So, better or worse, yeah. there Impact Wrestling. Kind of what I was worried about was you know the NWA starting to lose some of their talent through this. Well, we've not only has it been Tasha Steeles, but probably more famously Colt Cabana has right. gone to AEW, and I swear not a week goes by where he doesn't have a match or some sort of interaction and, and he's doing great for himself. It seems he's staying on T on TV or YouTube, depending on what, you know, I mean, he seems like he's doing great stuff over there at AEW and, and people seem to really respond to him. Tasha steals. I had almost forgotten about until episode 21 of superpower, to be quite honest. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me that, that people are checking out. I mean, I, I can't yeah. help but think if you're an Eli Drake, what's holding you right. from what's keeping you here? You know, why wouldn't AEW want an Eli Drake or, or better yet, a Thunder Rosa, who's a right. a, a Latin female wrestler? Mm-hmm. There just don't seem to be many of those no. right now. She would definitely make AEW look amazing if she were over there. I think. Yeah, I, I'd hate to see either of those two in AEW, but they're like our favorites. I know. Right. But but yeah, I couldn't blame them if they ended up there getting some of that Tony Khan money. And honestly, you know, not that I'm a huge connoisseur of AEW or WWE, but right now, if I were a wrestler, I'd rather be, I think an AEW than WWE because WWE is a little strange right now. (sighs) Yeah. I, I wonder about WWE. I honestly wonder about the, the longevity of that that company right now. I mean, I'm sure they have tons of money, but not as much as they did probably a year or two ago. They've definitely been slipping in terms of ratings and popularity and ideas and everything. It seems like they're getting a little desperate, but but who knows? You know, the for me, the difference is in the weekly shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only watch NXT, but I have been watching Dynamite and AEW Dark, and the fact that they have that like uh, atmosphere where there's actually wrestlers at ringside, and you have you know uh, people out there cheering, it makes it feel like more of an event than the empty arenas that the end up that the uh, NXT guys are doing right now, right? Or all the WWE guys, really. It'd be cool if I don't know. It's never going to happen. Some of the old school wrestling guys could pool their money and buy one of these companies, but eh. just, a, just, just, a, I don't know. <laughs> just to change, just to change things. Because honestly, um, the reason that we like the NWA is because you know they brought studio wrestling back, and, and yeah. 
now with the facing the the fact that you know they they may never be able to come back from this you know they they yeah you're right they they may not and um that's really what i fear because whether whether they can't come back just because of the coronavirus or whether in the interim everybody leaves or I, i just wonder what what the nwa is going to look like when we can get back to wrestling and doing shows again mm-hmm. it's I think it will be a very different landscape because there's just so many guys they have that that are talented and could go somewhere else in the meantime. I'm wondering though, I guess the, the, the NWA, the reason they haven't gone to empty studio is because a lot of their, their um, money comes from ticket sales. Possibly. Is that, is that what you figured? Because honestly, they they could easily do an empty studio show. I would think, just like AEW and you know WWE are doing, but they would have no you know no uh, money at the gate, so to speak. No, no. Well, that, you know that's an interesting thought. You know, tickets to see an NWA studio show really aren't that much no and this the studio doesn't hold a lot of people in fact it's a, it's a bargain if you can get tickets for the studio show it's really a bargain um the studio only holds maybe 250 right. 300 people max um i feel like they get a lot of their income from maybe from merch and from, from things like uh yeah. from uh like the fight tv um, pay-per-view stuff. I right. think that's where maybe they get a lot of their revenue from. But yeah, it's a, I don't see what's keeping them from doing an empty arena match, except that maybe they don't want to risk, uh, you know, flying the the wrestlers over or <sighs> something like that. Yeah, because their talent is spread out from what I've been able to gather. Um, it's spread out, and they have some older talent there too that could mm-hmm. be at a higher risk. Here, I hate to say <laughs> Ricky that, Morton. But, I mean, that's <laughs> true. Gibson. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, and I guess you, the the um, the money from uh, online advertisements, like your YouTube ads and all, wouldn't be much of anything, would it? Not at the. Oh man, that has to be minimal. I would think their subscription rate, and we were kind of talking about this earlier. Yeah, uh, around two hundred thousand now. Is that right? Well, that was one of the things that Billy announced this week, you know, on, on the superpower shows, right. they had finally crossed $200,000, uh, 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. Right. To me, that doesn't sound like a big number when you look at a lot of YouTube channels, but I think you looked up and you said that AEW has maybe a million more, right? Like 1.2 million, somewhere around that. So, so if you look at something, what would be the next comparable thing, like Ring of Honor, perhaps? Mm-hmm. They have something like 470,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, roughly, you know, double the NWA, which does, again, 470 doesn't sound very huge. Yeah. I was really surprised that Impact had like 3 million subscribers on YouTube because... Yeah, Impact's been around quite a bit longer than any, than, you know... Maybe not so much sure. Ring of Honor, but AEW and NWA Impact's been been out there for a while. And they have on YouTube some 14,000 videos posted, Impact. Oh, my gosh. Does. So clearly they've, they have been around a while. 
and what Ring of Honor has been around since what, like 2010s, 2011-ish, something like that. So Yeah, something like that. Maybe a little earlier than that, but not much. In some ways, you could say the NWA is is doing quite well. Yeah. 200,000 subscribers. Yeah. But for, it, for a for a wrestling show, for yeah, a wrestling absolutely. show. But the only way to watch NWA is online. So I guess maybe that has something to do yes. with the fact that that their numbers are are you know holding their own against some of these others. But um, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I, I'm definitely worried for the organization, and and, and you know, I to hear Billy Corgan talk when he was speaking at the end of this episode of superpower, he mm. said something to the effect of, you know, we didn't want to just fold the organization. We didn't want yeah. to just shut it down. And that's a little scary because that yeah. means they were thinking about just shutting it all down, you know? Yeah, I know. And, um, how is, <laughs> how is Carneyland going to bring us NWA fans? Um, you know, bring our interest into this new genre of whatever the heck it is. Um, I mean, I'm all for supporting the NWA, but if it's something I'm just not interested in, then um, it's going to be hard do, well, for me to watch it. We have no idea what it is, first of all. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, though, as soon as he said what the name of it was, I had a very negative reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know why, but uh, something about it just didn't sound great. That didn't sound like a great name to me because, it, to me, it implies some sort of whimsical comedy mm-hmm. something. I, you know, I, and, and then, of course, they, they immediately say, hey, we have a T-shirt, the Carnyland T-shirt, and we have mm-hmm. Carnyland Twitter accounts. And, and for some reason, that rubbed me the wrong way because – if you can have t-shirts and social media accounts, you can at least tell us what the hell Carney land is, you know, but uh, yeah, to I'll, me, I'll watch it. You know, when you try to keep something secret, that means you're not sure if people are going to actually like it at all or not. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and Billy himself says he can't explain what it is. Well, how can you not explain what it is? You know, what's your elevator speech? You know, if you had to pitch Carneyland to a producer, what is it? You know? Yeah, it's weird. And and don't you want to advertise? If you think it's something people are going to like, give us a little bit of something in terms of trying to draw in viewers. Um, I, I, I don't well, know. Well, we'll be there on Tuesday like everybody <laughs> else watching to see what it is. But. You know, I, I've long had an interest in carnival wrestling, the roots of pro wrestling and right. carnivals. We've talked about it here on the show a couple of times. If if I thought this was going to be a Ken Burnsian style documentary about carnival wrestling, I would be all for it. But something tells me it's more going to be more like Jackass than it's going to be Ken Burns Civil War. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it, like you said, as soon as I heard the name uh, started kind of like thought, well, is this going to be like hee haw or something? Is it, is it yeah. just going to be meant to make fun of, you know, I feel like it's going to be a bunch of like the, like sort of the, the fake ads that they run, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's tied into that a little bit. And, you know, those things were fun. The first couple of times we saw, you know, tire irons and waffles or whatever Mm -hmm. the hell that was. But after a while, you just sort of like, come on. Okay. You know, it's, 
<laughs> you know, going to be like 30 minutes of the question mark trying to guess people's weight or something. I don't know. Oh, my God, dude. I, I don't know. But, you know, he did say that this was an idea that that came about in the early days of when he bought the NWA. So uh, this must be something they've been thinking about a while. And right. maybe it will be awesome. You know, I don't know. I just something yeah. about the name of it just was an immediate turnoff. Turn and off. Then yeah. When you look at what the social media accounts have been doing. I just don't get it. I think it just feels silly to me. But, uh, but we, but, but again, we don't know what it is. So we'll we'll check nope. it out. And if it sucks, we just won't watch it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not forcing myself to watch this stuff. I mean, I mean, me I'll, personally, um, I just want to see wrestling. You know, I don't really yeah. care about this ancillary stuff. But uh, anyway, <sighs> what if you could just do like a a YouTube show with like. Some old timers talking wrestling. I mean, shoot. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think there's a big level of interest from people that that want to hear some of those stories because, yeah. you know, we always talk about how 86, 87 was sort of like the, the, for us, like the greatest era of wrestling. Right. It always seems to come back to that year. I, I would love to hear some of that stuff. I really absolutely. would. I would love to hear an hour of. Terry Funk telling some of the craziest stories he can remember, you know, shoot. Absolutely. Um, but you know, for me, if it was a documentary about carnivals, I think I would really enjoy that. But something tells me it's, it's not going to be that it's going to be some zany whimsical yeah. stuff. I think and, so. And the, fa- the fact they already have a t-shirt that they're, that they're selling. For, I don't know why, but that aggravates the crap out of me. And I realize that they make a lot of their income on merch. You right. Know, the, the merch is a huge deal for the NWA. So Absolutely. I don't want cr- to crap on it. But at the same time, I mean, why are you selling a shirt for something that doesn't even technically exist yet? So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Why, I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way, but it just did. I don't know. Billy must have a lot of confidence in this. I mean, just a little side rant, but I don't understand their merch. I, I, it's a... Uh, I, it's not. I've tried to buy it before, and they they're either always out of what I'm trying to buy, or oh, I really, I just don't like. Like I like some of their NWA power like shirts, but mm-hmm. uh, okay. So they offered a DVD box set of all the episodes of NWA Power. Oh yeah, it's a standard def standard definition DVD. It's not a Blu-ray. Right. You can go to YouTube and watch these things and in watch HD. All of them. Yeah, and watch them anytime you want. I just don't get it. I don't get like, it either. Who, who buys DVDs anymore? <laughs> it seems like a desperate attempt to just make some make some money. Uh, I honestly, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm all for supporting them. In fact, I should go over there and buy a T-shirt or something right now, and I think I will. But things like these lapel pins. I, where would you what, what I don't know are you going to stick that on your jeans jacket circa 1987 or what I think I mean, the I don't, lapel pins kind of I don't know they kind of smack of, of cheesiness <laughs> um, I mean uh, only people I know that wear a lot of lapel pins are Freemasons you know r- so, yeah so. right or unless you you know work at TGI Fridays and you need more, um, more flair more <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Stu Bennett wears a hell of a he he wears a lapel pin hellishly nice there, you know. Stu oh yeah, Bennett but he also Joe works Galley. for them and wears a suit exactly. on TV. So, <laughs> uh, you know, again, I 
I don't understand some of their merch. You know, they've got like a photo you can buy for like the Girl Power series, and it has people that I've never seen on the show in the photo <laughs> with their autographs. <laughs> yeah. Now, I realize one of them is like Maureen Tracy, their social media guru or, or whatever she right. does. But and then there's another lady in that photo that I have no idea who she is. And then they were selling that shirt right after, I think it was right after the COVID stuff started that had like the whole cast and crew at the last oh, taping. Yeah. And so there you got right in the damn bottom right, Colt Cabana prominently featured right as he had just gone to AEW. So, uh, And who wants a shirt? shirt with a picture, like a photo on it? It's, it that's I, I like, don't. That's like something out of the mid 80s that you'd pick up in the kiosk in the middle of the mall family you know? reunion t-shirt right? <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> and then of course there was the 50 dollar, you know billy corgan scarf or whatever that sold it right again i just don't understand this merch but uh you know i need to buy <clears throat> buy a t-shirt at, at the yeah. very least maybe um i don't know maybe we'll we'll soon get a, a line of nick aldis custom tailored suits or something or Camille's dirty socks. I don't know, but they need to figure out something to. Well, you know, the obvious item is, and I've heard other people ask for this item. Where is the tracksuit jacket for strictly business? Yeah. Holy crap, man. I would love a customized with my name on it over there. The strictly business red tracksuit jacket. I'd wear that thing everywhere. I don't know why they aren't selling that item. That's like the go-to item right Right. there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, anyway, not to, I don't want to crap on their merch, but some of the <laughs> merch just doesn't look that good. But, uh, you know, if you want a t-shirt of Zicky dice coming out of your TV set or whatever, it's just bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, I figure, I don't know. I figure certain items, if they're not selling it, they won't keep it up there. So maybe they are selling this stuff. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think there'll be a certain number of people who, buy it regardless uh you know but uh you know good for them because they're actually supporting the organization instead of you know you and me who are just sitting here bitching and moaning for nothing but yeah yeah, i'm gonna buy a shirt why not yeah Uh, i need to pick up well i've been thinking about doing that i guess i need to now that being said i've bought tickets for three (laughs) pay-per-views so didn't get to go to the last one of course but uh so it's not like I haven't been supporting the NW. Uh, that's here. true, and it and seems fight, like fight TV broadcasts too. So and they finally they did finally refund you that money, right? For the Crockett, yeah, they sure yeah, did. That's good. But anyway, all that being said, <laughs> I know we've gotten off on a, a huge tangent right off the bat here, but I don't know. This has been like building up inside of me for for a while. I've been I've been irritated by some of this stuff, but. They put on a hell of a good show. Episode 21, the superpower show was, like I said, it was mm. an hour and a half long show. And an hour of that was stuff we've never seen before. So it wasn't. And, you know, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, that was a, for what it was, it was decent, I thought. But now I'm looking back at it and I'm like, eh, I don't know. The matches <laughs> w- were mostly forgettable. Yeah. Uh, we had rock and roll again, love rock and roll express. We saw them go up against, uh, Aaron Stevens and the question mark. And the, really the cool thing about this match was the question mark junior came out. 
<laughs> and I yeah. think uh, Joe Galley very correctly identified him as Brian Malonis from the right. bouncers. <laughs> Looking like he's about to have a heart attack outside of the ring and uh, not being of much assistance. That wasn't a good match, though. Uh, it was a terrible match. did nothing in that match. Jobbing to Ricky Morton, who continues to look more and more like the Crypt Keeper as he gets older. Uh, the way that thing ended, you know, I laughed at it. Ricky Morton ducks down behind Aaron Stevens and Robert Gibson gives Aaron Stevens a shove. He trips over Ricky. Ricky rolls him up and gets the one, two, three. <laughs> no, but just, what, what the hell? There's like no power move there. We didn't even no, get to see the double, double drop kick or any damn nah. thing. So. It's like, all right, let's get this match over with. This is probably the eighth match they filmed that day between all these wrestlers, you know? So. Absolutely. And, you know, and I can't help but go back in my memory to December, those halcyon days when we were there for Into the Fire and we were watching oh, Ricky Morton and Shooter Stevens having a beer together in the hotel lobby. Oh, that's right. That's right. They were probably planning this match right there, then Maybe. and there. So, uh, so yeah, breaking the kayfabe a little, but uh, I think it's okay, all things considered. Oh, this day and age, yeah. I mean, uh, what, what was your is. favorite match of of this show? So we had three more matches, right? Yeah, had- I mean the the main event was was the best match. I, I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, Marty Skrull and Brody King versus Nick Aldis and and uh, yeah. Tom Latimer. Yeah, I'd say that one, and then probably the women's match was probably the next best, and then it was, you know, really. I think so. I think the. Uh, I don't know it, the the Tim Storm Jacks Dane. I just I thought it was an okay match. I don't I didn't like the the um, the outcome of it. Really okay. I didn't now, like I, liked, I, I did like that match, but here's the problem with that match. Jacks Dane looks like he's the heir apparent to the freaking Road Warriors here. Right. I mean, this dude looks like he could go on any wrestling show and kick everybody's ass seven ways a Sunday. So I don't buy it that he gets beat by Tim Storm. And I love Tim Storm, but I mean, this dude, this Jax Dane, I mean, he's, I, I think he's very impressive looking at least. Right. I just, uh, I, I feel like he could, you know, destroy anybody on the roster and somehow he lost this. I don't, I don't, you know, I know it's a work and everything, but good mm. grief. Yeah. I just wanted to see it. You know, the, the whole Danny deals is this whiny little pipsqueak manager. <laughs> Um, he got his come up I think too quickly. I think they could have drugged this feud out for a little longer. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For so. sure. Yeah. I, and it's a, Danny deals still sort of in a bit of an enigma. What I really, really wish I could see is I wish I could see Jax Dane getting defeated by Tim storm in that Texoma match from <laughs> way back in the day before Billy mm-hmm. bought the promotion that was back when the, probably the freaking Tiger King guy or whatever shot his crew probably shot that thing it's like three cannot, or four years ago, right? I cannot find a video of this. Yeah, but I'm sure Jax it doesn't Dane, exist. You know, Jax Dane, in his own words on a podcast, said that you know basically there was some kind of he got knocked out by something <laughs> and Tim Storm fell on him and got the win. But Jax Dane was leaving the promotion anyway to go somewhere else. So. uh if a match happens in Texoma and no one's there 
to see it. Did it ever really happen? I don't know, man. I, if you can't even find it on the cage match site, I, I don't know. But I had a hell of a time finding anything about that match. And I, like I said, it was finally on a podcast that Jax Dane was on. And he's very impressive to hear him talk. Looking at this guy, you would think he was just some, you know, street fighter. But mm. hearing him talk, I mean, he was he was in he was in a, a he was a corporate stiff, and he got tired of it and decided I want to do something different. And he knew somebody that was involved in wrestling. And I mean, my God, look at this dude! I mean, he's he's yeah. vicious looking, huge guy. Yeah, it looks like he could uh, be really over, but they kind of, you know, I guess it, it, it wasn't Tim Storm who he didn't really cleanly beat him i guess with the chair and everything but the match yeah, looked were, i don't there know was bad. it didn't look good i mean there was that belly to belly suplex on the on the outside the ring that l- looked like it was executed practically in slow motion yes uh, you know because you know obviously you can't if you do that to somebody you're going to destroy their c1 vertebra or something so <laughs> right uh, but it, it did look like a very slow uh, yeah. suplex on the on the floor, it, and really everything. Nothing was really selling to me in that match. Uh, the fight up in the crowd, you know, they had some great chops. That was mm-hmm. probably the best they thing they did. Uh, but the, but really, as soon as he put that chair in the cor- in the corner, you could tell somebody's going to make a mishap, land in the chair, and that's going to be. And then, sure enough, that's what happened. So. Yeah, the pace was just meh. It was and, uh, bad. It, it wasn't a great setup match. Setup was slow, and yeah, it was so predictable. I mean, you just can't tell me that anybody's going to beat uh, Jack Stane. You know, if anything, I mean, I got over with Jack Stane a little bit because I, I really want I want to see him do more work. Actually, I think I'm impressed by him. So, um, Danny Deals got his comeuppance there. Um, I don't know. Tried to put on the wig in hopes that. Tim wouldn't hit a woman, but I guess that was not going to work and um, got flattened a few times there. And uh, I will say of of all the wrestlers on the NWA roster, I think Tim Storm has gotten himself involved in more bizarre matches than anybody (laughs) on the roster. You know, he had that weird street fight with Joe Cephas that they showed a couple uh, weeks ago. That's the one where he yelled, I'm a friggin' teacher, <laughs> you know, while he was. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, then there was that head shave. Was it a head shaving match or uh, the head shaving match? Wasn't that the one involving um, what's his face? Um, well, they had David Marquez. David Marquez. son yeah. was the valet for I don't remember who the hell that was now. But, yeah, there was a there was a weird stipulation to the end of that one as well. Then there was the uh, kiss my foot match with the librarian guy. What's I don't even remember his name. And he's on AEW now. Yeah. That guy. So <laughs> I say librarian because I can't think. Maybe of that's what I'm thinking of actually. Yeah, and I don't recall his name at the moment, but uh, I know who you're talking about though. So you know, Tim Storm has been involved in some weird, mm. weird stuff, and I guess if you look at the NWA. He is actually probably one of the longer standing members of the NWA because he was there even before Nick Aldis got involved in this. So, correct. Uh, you know, in some ways, I find that very impressive. Uh, right. I like him a lot. He he looks like he's yeah, in really he's a good, good shape. Guy. I mean, yeah. 
He's a social studies teacher. I mean, what's not to like about him? I, right. I one thing about him, I wish that his palette of moves would get a little more complex. But I don't know how much of that is him, and how much of that is predetermined outcomes. You know. Right. Uh, but but anyway, he's been involved in some really bizarre storylines. And it looks like that will continue if NWA continues. So we shall see. Tasha Steeles, Marty Bell, and Ashley Vox. Well, these are three ladies that really haven't been uh, on my radar that no. much, honestly. Uh, Marty Bell, it, well, Ashley Vox seems to be the perpetual doormat. Uh, <laughs> she does, and I don't know why. I actually kind of like I, her. I, I, I like her a lot. I don't, I don't know why they won't. They won't let her do anything yeah. in there. Um, of course, Marty Bell doesn't really win much of anything either. She's um, no. Well, it's because she has that bad attitude. You yeah, know, so. I know. Still haven't gotten yeah. over that. <laughs> our, t- our, twi- our Twitter shun or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, thanks, sure Marty Bell, for crapping yeah. on us on Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, anyway. Nothing personal. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Uh, I'm but sure. anyway. Tasha Steeles, who I don't know, we may never see in the NWA again. Uh, and we only really saw her like what December last year. She hasn't yeah, been featured she came a in, lot. Got pummeled by Thunder Rosa. Uh, wrestled a decent match against against Molina, maybe I can't remember. And uh, I think you're right. Put over in this match, and she came out on top in the three way. That's right. Yeah. Um. One thing about three ways and and this one actually, even though it wasn't you know anything to write home about, um, was wrestled fairly cleanly. But one thing that bothers me about these matches is it always seems like uh, you have two wrestlers who sort of go at it, and then one of them gets yeah. outside of the ring and gets forgotten. Yep. For some one of them reason. conveniently disappears. Right. Yeah. But exactly. I believe this one was done correctly in in terms of aren't they supposed to be wrestled where two are in and then one gets you tag one in or am I mistaken or is that an old school? Um, mm, I feel like it's more of a free for all. But okay. I agree. I agree with you that this one was done really well. Um, I, I, we just saw one this week on um, AEW. I think it was a four way that was not done that well. And it was exactly what you <laughs> described. Somebody disappears and then yeah. all of a sudden they sneak in for a little sneak attack. There's a and, weird match on AEW. I can't for the life of me figure out why Dr. Britt Baker oh, was sure. so fixated on putting her finisher outside of the ring where it would have no bearing on the match on the Martian girl and where, you know, she let uh, the the other one. Who I can't remember uh, the the Japanese wrestler beat. The, it was a four way, right? Or yeah, it wasn't a three. It was a four way, right? I can't remember who the fourth fourth man was. Fourth woman, bro, dude, brother. It was the Japanese wrestler. What was her name? Kara Shida. I'll go with that. Yeah. That's close enough. And Chris Beat. Statlander. Statlander is the alien girl. The Andromeda, yeah, that's Andromeda, right. Andromeda, who likes to push people's noses. And then 
<laughs> he had the the one that got pinned completely escapes me now. Oh, 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 Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford, yes. Yeah, forgot about her. I like her because she has sort yeah. of an NWA connection vaguely there. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of an aside just basically <laughs> to that say out, that, <laughs> that these various three four-way matches are always kind of yeah. crappy, though. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. They are. But it is a shame, you know, that you know, Tasha steals. I feel like they didn't use her a lot. No. Uh, and it, it, did you say that she's moved on now or, or what? Yeah, according to Twitter, she's in Impact now. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. We're all wrestlers go to die. At least their careers. Uh, it's man, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a promotion. I don't I don't get to see that very often. But everything I have seen from Impact is very dark and, and gritty and kind of depressing. So. Yeah, it's like if you took ECW wrestling and then removed most of its energy. <laughs> everything that was good impact. about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> removed everything exciting. that's good about it. We left with Impact. <laughs> It's that's just kind a bunch of, the way of felt mopey about, goth yeah. characters who don't seem to be inspired to do much of anything. But anyway, uh, yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, I think you know Eli Drake, who I think is you know the best goddamn thing since sliced bread, to quote Tom Latimer there. But <laughs> I think Eli Drake is really good, and he was on Impact. And one of the reasons he left was because they uh-huh. wanted him to do one of these intergender matches with. You know Tessa Blanchard, and he was just—he just said no. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's right. Tessa is in there, and, and I, you know I have to agree with him. I, I think we've said it on here before that you know who really wins in an intergender match, right? I, I don't right. think nobody gets over in that. And Eli Drake is a very intellectual kind of wrestler, and he mm-hmm. he he knows that, and he basically said that. He said, you know, nobody really wins in that sort of a situation. I even think, so. you know, intergender or even like matches where you have, you know, I don't know, um, somebody like uh, Brody Marco Stunt versus Brody, Brody King Lee. against Marco. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there needs to be not. What's the point of that? Yeah, you're going to do intergender. Yeah, have have a Marco Stunt against Riho or something like that, where at least weight class, even though Rio probably kick his ass, but weight class would yeah. uh, at least be a more even advantage. Yeah, I, I don't like, you know, was it, I guess it was just our last show. We were talking about Marco stunt, how he gets, I think they're just trying to figure out how they can throw him progressively. Oh further. man. Did you see, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 MJF's bodyguard. What's his name? Walt, not Waldo. I don't know. Uh, Wardlaw. 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 Just smash Marco Stunt to the, like, toss him, like, yesterday's, you know, not even a bag of flour. It's more like a, more like a a bag of cotton candy into the railing there. It was just vicious looking. I think I know the thing you're talking about. He kind of used them like a golf club into the the railing. It's like, damn. You know, the other week it was Brody Lee, and I swear he was just like he just threw him like a baseball. I, I don't. There's no point to that. You know, if you and it was you know WWE did this too because they introduced uh, Karrion, um Cross, and they brought in some guy you've never seen before on the WWE to basically just get squashed in 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. What is the point of that? You know, give him something that's I exciting. I, I don't know either. It's just bizarre to me. 
But uh, I don't know, man. We did see anyway. the Road Warriors face off against the Mulkey Brothers in the eighties. So. Hey, that was a, that was a close match. You know? It's close. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, terrible. I like a I like a squash match. I know. Honestly, but, least, I don't you know. know. Some some of these. I mean, I don't know. Where, where do you even put a Marco stunt? I mean, there's nobody small enough to go face Marco stunt. I mean, even like Leo Rush is too big to face Marco stunt. Yeah. Fairly, so. But we digress yes, uh, there. Do. So, so the big match on mm-hmm. on uh, episode twenty one was Nick Aldis and Tom Latimer versus Marty Skrull and Brody King. Speaking of big behemoth guys, right? Uh, Jesus Christ, Brody King, dude. I mean, that's a God. huge man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, one thing that the announcers brought up is how did. Nick Aldis doesn't seem to be as over with the NWA mm-hmm. attendees as a Marty Skrull. Does that weigh on you at all if you're Nick Aldis? I mean, does it make you a little bit mad that everybody loves Marty Skrull so much? <laughs> Marty Skrull's just so damn feisty that he's just and his his gimmick is is cool and there's nothing there's nothing <laughs> to dislike about marty scroll even if he t- went totally heel people would still love him because he's such a little shit but he's <laughs> cool know. doing it you know he is he's got the cool accent he's got the, he looks good uh he's got some fun little shit that he does in the yeah. ring with the he, you know, he fakes getting attacked by people that are, you know yeah. He does the finger snapping and it's all of that stuff's very fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all this can take himself a little too seriously at times. Yeah. I like uh, all this too, though. I mean, I, I really like do. He's a, a very yeah. likable person, whether he's a, a heel or not. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame we didn't get to see that that um that rematch between those two guys because i think it would have probably been another epic match but you can only wonder what would have happened there because a squirrel took him to the limit when they met you know last year the right Crockett cup but that this was of course the one where all this gets you know lost like a pint of blood or something and mm-hmm. you know uh great match there was nothing about that that's one of the matches you can look at and say this is a really good wrestling match and there aren't many that are better than this in the history of pro wrestling i think this is like the six star match or whatever right um i'm sure people would disagree but that one to me felt like the rick flair ricky steamboat rivalry sort of uh just a good match so you know who knows what we would have seen this year had COVID-19 yeah. not proven to be the the defining factor for everything. Compared against most of the other stuff we see in wrestling these days, yeah. I mean, it was a great match. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, very good match. So it's all, you know, you, you put it against any matches from the 80s, then it, it might not look quite as good. But for this time period, it's, it was a great match. Um, we wanted to talk about this you know the pile driver is obviously yeah. a maneuver that if you do it if you did this maneuver for real on somebody they they probably wouldn't get up um no, under their correct. own power and you don't see the, the classic pile driver that much even today you just don't see it that much so when you do see yeah. it you're like holy crap he just did a pile driver uh you know now, of course, we know that when they set up the pile driver, 
the person's head is generally securely tucked down between the other person's legs and right. never actually touches the ground. Right. But it looked good when Brody, I think it was Brody King did this pile driver on mm-hmm. Nick Aldis. But, you know, again, you, you made the great observation that. <laughs> yeah. He hopped up within, I think probably 20 or 30 seconds. He was back in action full speed. Exactly. And I was like, if Brody King pile drove me, I know it. <sighs> I would, I would probably be dead. I mean, I would, I would think. You definitely have a couple <laughs> fused vertebra at least. Yeah. I mean, this was the big out that we know in in Memphis wrestling back in the eighties. This was the outlawed move. You know, you could oh, yeah. go pile driver. You know, it was outlawed. Uh, of course, one of Aldis's signature moves is a tombstone pile driver, which looks hellish. A little bit. It doesn't look nearly as bad as the traditional one, though. No. For some reason. Well, because you're driving your weight yeah. completely down. Like, just think about just sitting down, not even sitting uh-huh. down, like like just falling backwards onto your ass on the ground. Then think about somebody's head being yeah. underneath you. And it's just, nobody yeah. should get up from that. That should be an automatic, you know, you're done. Oh, yeah. But you're right. He was. <laughs> he jumped right back up and he was back at it. And uh, that was a good match with these guys, but there was some stupid stuff in it, though. You know, I mm-hmm. think at one point Aldis snatched the uh, Marty Skrull's umbrella, and yeah. I really wanted to see him lay Marty Skrull out, oh, man. It, but he didn't. He didn't. He, he screwed it up. So he did. I was disappointed that that didn't, you know, go anywhere. That somebody didn't. Well, who actually ended up getting hit? Did Isaacs end up getting hit? <laughs> yeah, poor Royce Royce. Isaacs got brutalized. <laughs> that was pretty funny, actually. Marty, um. yeah, Marty got the the umbrella. He whacked uh, Royce with it, and then somebody, I think, did a suicida or something on Royce Isaacs yes. a couple seconds later. So, yeah, Royce Isaacs just took a beating for no reason on that thing. So. He sure did. <laughs> It was a good match, though. It was, it was a good match. And, uh, you know, at the close of this show, again, you can't help but feel a little sad knowing that we may never see this again. You know, I mean, this right. may be the end. This may be it. We don't know. Yeah. And if it does come back, say, in six months to a year, God. who's to say who's going to be involved in it? I mean, it's it's got it will have to look totally different. Like right. all these storylines. They, they, they just won't be there. I mean, what are you going to do? Try and resurrect this storyline with, with uh, the villain, Marty Skrull, and yeah. Nick Aldis again? I, I just don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know um, either. You know, in Georgia, I guess technically they could work because it is Georgia. but They could. But, but, it, but you know, I think they're right in not risking it. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a bad situation. And, you know, Ring of Honor is not doing anything right now either. So... Yeah, I was wondering if they were they were anywhere near doing anything. Everything for them is canceled at least through the end of June. So I don't know about impact, but um, you know, unless you're one of these multi you know trillion dollar big ass companies like WWE or AEW, you're just not doing anything right now. I think Impact is actually um, doing some empty arena stuff. At least that's what okay. I gather from. It's yeah, you're right. It seems like they are. You're right. Yeah, I'm because didn't Tasha Steele's make an appearance a couple of days ago? Actually, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 
impact recap. Well, what I know that I've been watching a ton of wrestling, especially in the last week or two between NWA power and AEW dark, AEW mm-hmm. dynamite NXT. But honestly, I don't remember a lot of it because it's just all sort of running together. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been watching a lot of wrestling yourself? Been watching, uh, yeah, uh, I can't say I've followed NXT because I don't know something about just supporting any WWE product just irks me at this point. But um, I have watched quite a bit of AEW recently, and uh, can't say that I'm overly impressed. You know, some of the, the I will mention a few things that have stuck out to me. Um, mm, sure. I really like the Britt Baker heel angle for some reason. This this real dentist who's wrestling for whatever reason I find yeah, funny. And she has bizarre. And she's very unlikable. Um <laughs> in her constant badgering of Tony Schiavone and her hateful finishing maneuver where she like does this mandible claw type thing, aka Mick Foley. Um, with the uh, gloved hand. With too, the gloved right? hand, yeah. yeah. It's um, like a nightmare for me. For some reason, this. that's that's cool. Um, I, I really like Darby Allen. I think he's a great wrestler. Um, yeah, sure, sure. You know, got the chip on his shoulder. Um, I hope they do more with him. Um, I want to like Cody Rhodes, but... <sighs> I don't like him either, man. I don't like him, and I don't know why I don't like him. Something Uh, about him just irks me. I don't know why. And and he he has his annoying wife there with him, and and the weirdness with the snake and all was kind of over the top. I've I've felt even though it was similar to like stuff that was going on in the eighties with Jake Roberts and all that. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking about when Jake Roberts came out and put the snake on Brandy. Yeah, and then uh, not so much that, but like his weird gyrating over her and stuff was unfortunate. Oh, it was so greasy. Yeah, it was so greasy. That was unfortunate. Um, but I t- but but I tell you, he's still very effective though. And the reaction, if I was Cody, you know, to come out and. I know he came out with his truck and then tried to like, okay, sure. That attack. was terrible. That was terrible. That looked so cheesy and that and, looked awful. I mean, wouldn't you just come out with a bat and just crack somebody <laughs> yeah. over the head and walk out instead of doing this weird little instead wanna, of driving your truck yeah. like three feet so you don't three feet, scratch yeah. your bumper or whatever? Yeah. That was that was so stupid. So anyway, um, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know why I don't I don't like Cody that much either, and it might be because he had so many brawls with Nick Aldis, actually. But, yeah, maybe. Um, something about him is off-putting. I've been enjoying AEW a lot more than I thought I would Yeah. Uh, now that I have access to see Dynamite. Um, there, there's definitely some some interesting some interesting people over there, yeah. and if, if they don't let it get too hokey, <laughs> um, it's, it's okay. Now, I like hearing JR. I like hearing Shivani. Yeah. Um, that's a big part of it for sure. Having those two. Yeah. That's the good part because their commentary is kind of like if you and I were sitting around watching this stuff, that's kind of the same stuff we'd be saying. <laughs> it's in they some could just cases, get rid of the mask guy, Excalibur. He had nothing. Oh, I don't know why he's there. Well, but. you got to have him because he knows the name of every move that <sighs> ever happens in the rig. 
Uh, I, I don't know where they come up with these with these move names, but he knows the name of every everyone. Oh, okay. So. But yeah, that's been pretty good. You know, even Dark produces a, a good match every now and then on mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's been interesting seeing Colt Cabana and his journey on there. Uh, it, it's been interesting seeing uh, the Murder Hawk monster. Uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, I do. Lance Archer is that his name? Lance Archer. Yeah, he's a, he's. I an do enjoy character. him. Yeah. Yeah, he's. You know, you see these guys, and you're like, yeah, this is what wrestling was, right? Big, yeah. Scary dudes. You yep. know? Uh And as you know, as far as the NXT angles, I do still watch that. I don't know why, but to to me, it's not as good as it was a few months ago. But th- there are some interesting things. You know, you got Charlotte Flair over there now. I, I like Finn Balor because he's hateful little Irishman. Right. Uh, you've got this Damian Priest now. He's coming out with a police nightstick you know hitting everybody in the leg <laughs> with it uh i like keith lee the big the big big uh skyscraper guy keith lee uh, but there's a lot of forgettable stuff over there too i don't like what they're doing with johnny gargano right now uh and his wife candace larray i just think that's terrible um but there's a lot of there but their matches at least look good but they don't they don't have any energy because there's nobody in the crowd right so it's definitely the best thing the WWE has going, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, for sure. AEW does some crazy stuff too, like that that uh, street fight they had. I guess it was last week that ended up where somebody got thrown in an ice machine, and somebody got on a golf cart and ran over some people. And this was Kenny Omega and <laughs> Kenny Omega and uh, Matt Hardy. Matt who, Hardy, um, God, I don't Matt Hardy skeezes me out i don't i don't know what the story is with that yeah i just i i don't get it um i don't either i mean let's be honest the 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 hardy brother that everybody liked was his brother jeff hardy i mean they didn't get him so i don't know it's just like this guy who just seems sort of has been coming in and and acting insane and i don't get it i don't get it you know, and like we were saying, they do some really good stuff, but then they go and they have they do some really stupid stuff, like this drone that came flying down ah, into the ring, so and Jericho, you know, beat it down with a, was talking to the drone, and then he beats yes. it down with a ball bat. That whole scene, I was <laughs> sitting there, you know, you and I, we were texting back and forth, like, what is going on? You know, this is ridiculous. And then Matt Hardy comes in and cradles it like it was a like Jericho like killed his kitten or something, right? Yes, that so uh, weird. DGI drone, you know, is a living thing, sure. Um, so I don't understand things like that about AEW, but when they're good, they're really good, and when they're bad, it's right. very cringy. So anyway, yeah. fast what forward over the bad stuff and watch the good stuff, I guess. That's all you can do. So we're going to take a look at Carnyland, and if there's anything to review that's remotely worth reviewing or reviewable (laughs) or something that we could actually talk about, we may do a review of that. Exactly. We just don't know because we don't know what Carnyland is right now. So uh, this podcast might become more of an AEW (laughs) podcast. I don't know. We continue Uh, to talk about wrestling or we could mix it up and – Bring in some other things. We shall see. That's right. 
I, I, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, worried obviously for the NWA and, uh, I don't know who knows what our, this podcast future will hold yeah. really, but, uh, we'll see what the car, like you said, we'll see what carny land looks like. And I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm kind of expecting the worst here. If that makes yeah. any sense. Me too, man. All right, folks. Well, we will talk to you soon. Uh, we'll come out with a new episode of back into the fire. I am sure within the next week or two. And we'll have a whole new slew of odds and ends to speak on. Roger that. Till then, take care. See you. Back into the Fire is produced by Joe Till and me, Andy Hayworth. If you enjoyed the show, give us a nice review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back into the Fire or email us at backintothefirepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.